0: i don't know why but i got the new cb2 catalog on the cover it's on the cover is lenny kravitz
1: on the cover of a cb2 catalog
0: yeah because now he's a furniture designer (laughs) okay okay so so, oh so am i yeah i know yeah no your stuff's great too yeah thanks
1: You know what? Start the show. Let's go. All right.
0: We'll get into this right away. All right. All right. All right. All right. Uh, uh, It is Tuesday, October 6th. Hey, first show of October. Uh, Yes. First show of October. First show of October. So we're getting close to the end of the year. We should do a big Christmas show.
1: Right, I feel like we're I feel like we're in Love Actually or something like that. <laughs> What's going to be the Christmas yeah. number one? Yeah, we should do a big Christmas show, okay, uh, or
0: do a that. big New Year's show. Yeah. One of the two. We should do a big New Year's meetup. That would be fun.
2: Uh, okay, uh,
0: but Christmas show. Uh, let's see who we're going to get uh, on the Christmas show. Stephen Shore. Will be a guest He'll be yes. stopping by Yeah, yeah. Uh, Gregory Crudson Will be coming down From, uh, from Western Mass uh, So thank you Gregory In advance for that uh, <laughs> Who else Who else is, is going to right <laughs> be On the Big Christmas right, show You're in rare form right now Somebody else Who's going to be On the Big Christmas Alright who are
1: we And what is this uh,
0: uh, So this is on Taking pictures This is episode
1: 180 Yep 180 We are halfway Around the world Right <sighs> Right. We are, we are,
0: we've come so far so fast. Um, my name is Jeffrey Sidoris, and uh, with me, uh, Bill Wadman, up there in uh, Brooklyn. Yep.
1: Indeed I am. Respect. Yep.
0: Uh, so, uh, I was telling Bill before the show. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm buzzing already. That's right. Watch Bill's head explode. We should Periscope this. We should we should, should Periscope your head exploding. So I, over the weekend, I got the the uh, the new CB2 catalog. Okay, right. which which CB2 is is what is it's like the the, the hipper uh, version of Crate and Barrel. Yeah,
1: you think it would be like the cheaper version of Crate and Barrel, but I think it's actually the exact opposite. I think it's more expensive.
2: Yeah yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: It's, it's sort of more like
0: uh, <laughs> uh design within reach, that kind of thing. Yeah. 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 Fancy stuff for, yeah. for hipsters, for hipsters. Yep. And, and, and speaking of hip right there on the cover, uh, CB two Kravitz design by Lenny Kravitz. <laughs> Because Lenny Kravitz designed a camera that's been around for seventy years. Right. Well, and, and that's the funny thing, right? Like sitting there, the, you, the camera is not there, but but he's he's got his he's got his sunglasses on in his in his loft because apparently it's very bright in Lenny's loft. Oh, he's such um, a cool
1: bastard, isn't he?
0: Isn't he's very cool. Uh, and he's got his he's got his ripped jeans. Right. Sure. And he's got his his acoustic guitar because it's all about tradition. Yeah, sure. Of course it is. And and then also on the coffee table uh is the uh, the Lenny Kravitz uh, edition Leica. The uh the the Leica Correspondent designed by Lenny
1: Kravitz. Here's the thing though is that Leica has always done this, right? Had the uh, the edition of the MP that's folded in alligator skin and they're only making 6 of them. All right. You know, I mean this is this is sort of part of their modus operandi. Or yeah, but whatever. this one comes pre weathered, man. So you don't you don't have know, to that's... shoot a lot of pictures. That is that is pretty much the most tacky thing you could po- – like gold-encrusting it or putting diamonds on it or whatever it is is less tacky than making it look like it's been weathered right. and pre, used by pre somebody blast. for years. Pre, pre-used to capture
0: those special moments.
1: Yeah, and the funny thing is like last week I put a picture up on Instagram because I bumped into a Leica ad in a in a magazine from like 10-year-old magazine at a doctor's office. You know, right, like they were right. just sitting there. And it was a Leica, Leica ad and the, the copy says this. It says, my Leica a Leica is not just a camera. It's an instrument you create with. It's your hands and your eyes. It's part of you. And it's like, okay, Leica, if that's your branding, if that's the way you do things, super. But don't do that and then on the other hand, be just like, look, if you want to spend 12 grand on this one that already looks like it's weathered and whatever it is, because Lenny Kravitz touched it. It feels like those are diametrically opposed concepts. They're they're also using them in Victoria's Secret ads.
0: Oh, I saw God. a big Victoria's Secret billboard and the model was holding a Leica. Of course she was. In her oh. underwear.
1: I don't... <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I hold my Leica, <laughs> I typically do it in my underwear. Right. Well, <laughs> why wouldn't you? Uh, ah, I'm, I'm going to go
0: buy a new camera. I don't know what it is. You know what? Maybe I'll take my X-Pro and I'll take some, some SOS pads to it and it will be the 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 Sidoris Signature Edition X Pro. I think the man, you should do that. And it's it's going to be twenty eight hundred dollars.
1: Okay. Uh, there's only one. So you yeah no you should, you should just buy them for nine hundred bucks now right and then right. just like weather them and then sell them on eBay is special right. like right sure yeah one of ten right. you're going to right. make ten of them uh, it's an edition yeah. yeah right damn that's you're brilliant. Sadoris, <laughs> Jeffrey, <Yes>. Sadoris.
0: <laughs> oh, that's so. Uh, good. So look, you know, check my website because they're going to be there. <sighs>
1: <sighs> All right, we have a lot of stuff to cover today. <laughs> okay, uh, <laughs> you want to do it in this order? I, I just realized we jumped in without moving order around. Do you want to do some news first and then get into the other stuff? Yeah, just go through it real quick. Okay. Real quick, yeah, yeah. real quick. So uh,
0: Adobe updated their, their mobile app suite. Yep. Uh, and, and they've all gone free. I, I haven't used all of them, but I did download the, uh, the Lightroom mobile app for my phone, and it's actually pretty cool. Uh I, w- I, okay. was, I was pretty surprised. Even it's for snappy. your phone, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's not bad. Uh, okay. It's, it's, it feels similar to another app that I use called NLite. Uh, which I, I like quite a bit. But it's it's really
1: pretty snappy. Um, do you think it's using the same code, the same engine as the big version? I You know, I don't know. I, I would hope that there's a way to do it just,
0: just from the standpoint of streamlining production where you didn't have to have, you know, multiple teams using <laughs> different forks. I, I would love for it to be the same code base so they, they can make it all efficient Whereas, you know, the desktop app is is more efficient or the mobile app becomes more efficient. And it would be nice if they shared a code base. I'm not sure if that's possible. I don't know enough about it.
1: So are you telling me that uh, that that it's it's usable as a camera as well? Uh, no, I think it's just processing.
0: I don't think you have access to okay. the camera. Here, let me fire this up. Have you found any... Oh, wait. Yeah, you can.
1: Have you found any camera apps that... Uh,
0: Oh, my mistake. You, you certainly can use the camera. Uh, I stand corrected. Uh, nice. Oh, actually very nice. Nice uh, EV slider. Um, white balance presets. Uh, Self timer, flash on and off. So basic, but but definitely usable.
1: Okay. I, do you ever find that a lot of these secondary, the second third party apps, the camera doesn't feel as fast? The cameras don't typically feel as fast. What I don't
0: like about the, the, my biggest gripe about the 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 stock iOS camera is the, f- the the sort of finickiness of the EV slider. I think that could have been done uh, yeah, rather like than vertically, and it's and it doesn't feel like it moves or tracks as 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 fast as it should. I agree. I I would like to see it more the way uh, camera plus or Lightroom or some of the other ones have integrated it where it's a left to right thumb swipe instead of an up to down. Yeah. Thumb yeah. Swipe. Well,
1: you have to hold it right. And then you kind of, you can like kind of work it down, like down, yeah. down, down. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, it, it's, it's very It feels like,
0: uh, it feels like the same way my Fuji lenses focus manually, like you're spinning and spinning and spinning to, to get doing, the thing to move.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, that doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Uh, and it, yeah, I agree. It's almost like they don't, they stuck it in begrudgingly and they don't actually want you to use it. Uh, feels a little <laughs> that way. Yeah. 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 It's so wrong. Uh, all right. So we're going to check those out. There's a bunch of them, though, right? There's like, oh, yeah. Uh, there's a whole suite. Yeah. All right. I'm putting, I'll put a link in the show notes. Yeah. yeah. A, go to, go check uh, them out. There's, the yeah, notes. Photoshop Mix, Photoshop Sketch, Illustrator Draw, Premiere Clip, Comp CC. You know what's interesting about Illustrator to me? I was sitting talking with my friend Eli the other day that, illustrator ironically is not that great for illustration it you see what i'm saying i was much more of a freehand user I, it, yeah. I really liked freehand but but even people but i'm just saying people who draw do not draw things with bezier curves and shapes no no you know no I mean? you're,
0: you're probably going to be using something like Corel painter
1: yeah formerly yeah, 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 yeah. fractal fractal yeah. painter a lot or, of people apparently use photoshop for that
0: yep uh there's another app on ios called procreate that's really nice um, i see what they did there
1: yeah. Uh <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just funny to me. So anyway, yeah, we'll check these out.
0: Hey, nice nice uh unintentional segue into the next one. The the
1: Pixar artist, did you see this Pixar artist try the the new Apple Pencil. I did. Although, okay, can I can I just put a can we put a disclaimer on this? Yeah. Pixar does have a relationship with Apple. So, do you trust everything they say? That's my question.
0: Uh you know, based on what they've said, they, they they write pressure sensitivity is great. Each individual app determines how pressure data is used, so its effect can vary from preset to preset. Uh, shading to the side was of the pencil was pretty awesome. You can rest your hand anywhere, and it totally ignores it and just reads the pencil. It's pretty amazing. Okay, so that's fine. Yeah. My my big gripe, and I haven't used one of these. I don't know anybody personally who has yet. But my big gripe is, in the in the the promo video. People are moving very slowly.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like
0: what happens when you're like, you know? Right. Yeah. You know, I, I've been drawing since I was a kid and that's not the way I draw. At least I don't draw very slowly. I I tend to kind of, you know, do gestural uh, motions and, and kind of work things in that way. I don't, I don't, they're not slow, methodical strokes. Right. Yeah. So I'm curious to see how how fast and maybe it can maybe maybe the refresh rate is just fine. But uh I'm I'm a little skeptical because uh none of the stylus devices that I've used so far and and the accompanying software have been able to really keep up.
1: Yeah. I mean the new machine has a much bigger Processor and stuff so I wonder if that helps But mm-hmm. but yes mm-hmm. I I too am And whatever but it is it's interesting that they're Trying it although to me this article And this whole idea of bringing it to Pixar People feels a little like a big PR move like we brought it to Pixar. The best right. people like it. They brought a bunch of people into a conference room and let them play with it for 10 minutes, you know? Like, it's not like well, they're it, making the I, new I, movie on the on these things, you know?
0: Right. And I think to, to, uh, to an extent that the downfall, if there is one, of this thing is going to be software. Yeah. You know? You've and, got and, some fantastic software for specifically animation that we're talking about uh, on the PC and the Mac side. If that software doesn't come to iOS then what good does it do to have a fantastic input device
1: yeah and a lot of a lot of uh, software developers have said that there's a problem with that in the sense that apps for iOS never cost more than 20 bucks and they're like look we're only going to sell 3000 copies of this we can't sell it for 20 bucks Right. You know, right. Right. Um, we can't spend the time to develop this and then sell it for 20 bucks. Um, I, th- I think it'll be an interesting tool. I think it's the kind of thing where if one of these guys wants to go out into the courtyard or into the coffee shop and just try to sketch new characters out and mess around like that, I think it's going to be that kind of thing. I don't think you are going to make the new movie on it, you know? Um, and I think right. that's kind of where it stands for at least the kind of Photoshop stuff that I do. It's like, yeah. I mean, can I go in there and clean this up and play with the contrast and do this and that and the other? Yeah. But I'm not going to do like heavy compositing on an iPad, you know, um, not certainly not right now. It's Not gonna take yet. A little yeah. While. Yeah. Like maybe. maybe in a few years, maybe. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's just sort of I think it's sort of in a transition period where maybe it'll end up being something and maybe it won't, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, for, for me, for where
0: I'm at with my own photography, I love a mobile workflow. Well, I that, love,
1: absolutely. Yeah, absolutely love it. And, and for it, right. And for sort of basic sort of dark room type manipulations, it's great, mm-hmm, you know, but mm-hmm. like if you're getting into single pixels and moving stuff around and, you know, it's like, then it gets a little more, well, yeah, this might not be the best tool for that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but we'll put the link in the show notes. Cause yeah, it is interesting. I wonder what will happen. Uh, we'll see what they actually do with it. I'm sure there'll be an ad coming out soon. Uh, Probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, of course uh iOS will block it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh Guggenheim and NASA. What Jeffrey, let me ask you a question. What do yeah. Guggenheim and NASA have in common? Uh I don't know. <clears throat> They're both out of this world. Ah, that was that no, that wow, dad joke. Whew. That was bad. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so you put these in here, but the Apollo one I was going to put in there. So uh, NASA released pretty much all the pictures from Apollo and put them up on Flickr. Now, all of these images, as far as I know, all these images were already on NASA archives. I think the big move here is that they moved them over to Flickr. Well, and uh, they've supposedly upped the res. (laughs) Yeah, on some of them. But, you know, it's funny because – okay, little photo nitpick in this article they talk about uh how uh, was it no it wasn't in this article it was somewhere else uh oh yeah here it is some 8400 photographs all in a resolution of 1800 dpi and it's like okay they're not really 1800 dpi well okay they scanned the film at what the film slide size is 1800 dpi right you know two by two and they basically are giving you 3600 pixel to a side images you know um you see what i'm trying to say yes like it's not like they're 1800 dpi images that you're going to print big it's like it's a little bit of a the whole thing of dpi drives me crazy because digital photography it's meaningless but it's cool man quit complaining You would complain if somebody said hello Come on now! No, no, no! I'm complaining about the way they describe it, not the pictures. The pictures are great. Well, maybe Although,
0: that's uh, maybe that's the way who who put this up. Maybe that's the way Boing Boing described it, not the way. Yeah, maybe NASA Jenny described Jardin it. described it that way. Yeah.
1: Um, it's it, uh, they're great. You know what's funny? Whenever I look at the photo archives, because I've been looking at this stuff for decades now, um, is is how many of the images are really bad. Right. Like, you know, they'll be like, oh, picture, picture, picture. And it's like, oh, that one's amazing. And then the next one's completely out of focus and staring at the ground. You know, just because and it's 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 always interesting to me because people use the how great some of the NASA photos are as an explanation of why we faked the moon landings. Like, look how perfect these images are. They would have never taken perfect pictures. It's like, well, they didn't most of the time. Like every once in a while they got lucky. These were not photographers. These were technicians and engineers and flight, you know, flight test guys, pilots. Hey, uh, while we're on Apollo real quick, remember
0: the, the innovation exhibit that you and I wandered around when you were here? Yes. Okay. So I went back and they, they had some guys from, uh, from NASA there talking about spacesuits. And I ended up talking to, I've got his name written down somewhere and I don't, I think it's upstairs. Uh, he, he, I got talking to him about the, the spacesuits and how, f- how different the materials are now. And the, uh, the spacesuits on the Apollo program, he said, were, were five layers of material and they yep. weighed 200 pounds. Yeah, they're heavy. Uh, the spacesuits now are nine layers of material. But they're just under 150 pounds. Yeah. So we we've changed uh, the types of materials. He said there, there are mylar materials in internally to reflect back heat both in and out. Yep. Um and and showed me some of the new gloves and and it was just it was so cool. It was yeah. so cool. Just just these guys are are, you know, literally and figuratively working in a vacuum trying to figure this stuff out. And it it was just amazing to see this this Apollo era suit alongside the the modern equivalent and yeah, they're and- having
1: a big problem actually because the, the original suits like all the moonwalk suits and that kind of thing. They, I mean, they were built with rubber and all these kinds of, uh, mm-hmm. uh petrochemical processes and things. And, um, they're deteriorating, right? These things are, it's they're cracking, like, like tires crack after many years and that kind of stuff. And there's a big question of like, okay, well we have these in storage and they're in cold storage and we try to keep them as well as, as we can, but do we let them deteriorate? Do we repair them as they deteriorate? Like at what point it's sort of the old, you know, if you replace every board on a ship, is it still the same ship, you know? Right. Right. Um, so There's actually a big question of whether or not you you sort of save them for posterity or let them decay because they were never meant to last for now 50 years they were meant to last for you know encase them in lucite yeah interesting yeah. But then you wouldn't be able to have the pictures of 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 Buzz Aldrin putting on his glove after many years. You ever see that picture?
0: Yeah. 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 It's pretty cool. Uh,
1: But anyway, so them and the Guggenheim uh, put up a bunch of stuff, right?
0: Yeah. Guggenheim put up sixteen hundred pieces from five hundred seventy five artists,
1: which is, you know, what? How do you do you think that there is any downside to to putting art high res art up on the Internet?
0: Uh, depends on who you want to say a downside, you know, who 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 is the downside for it. If it's for places like art.com or retailers that are selling 8x10, 11x14 prints, yeah. Maybe there's a little bit that'll cut into their market because you can just, in theory, download that and print it. Right, right, right. Uh, but in terms of making these works available for the public, yes. I think that is fantastic. Uh, I have had a chance to talk to... Uh, one of the curators at the National Portrait Gallery – I'm sorry, National Gallery, um, about what a monstrous endeavor this type of digitization and and cataloging is and how much time and effort they are spending behind the scenes to try and get it right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it's a monster of a project, it's, at least within the Smithsonian.
1: Yeah, and it's one of those things where you <sighs> – you can understand why people want to do it. Cause there's a lot of people who can, can't get to DC or New York or Paris or mm-hmm, whatever it is mm-hmm. to see these things. But at the same time, you know, the, the online version of the thing is, is very different than seeing it in person. Right. So it's sort of like, it's, it's, it is, it is not a replacement for actually seeing these things in person, but it's a decent, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, it's a, it's stand-in. an approximation. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, one of the things that they are working on, uh, within, uh, some of the museums is is just that is instead of a two D representation, how do we make this uh, maybe a two and a half D or even uh, a three D representation so you can use a touch or a, or a mouse gesture to, rotate it a little bit, to yeah. yeah to put it off axis so you can see uh, impasto or you can yeah. see color shifts or you can see texture yeah 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 <laughs> exactly but like Wonka Vision.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I guess, uh, uh, no. Yeah. Yeah. I, I always notice like when you go see Van Gogh, it's like how much is sticking off the, off the canvas, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's good. Anyway, I'll put the links in the, in, in, in the, uh, in the show notes for those.
0: Hey, can I, can I talk to you about something that, that it, it's not in the notes and I just remembered it? It's, sure. I'm calling an audible man. I'm calling an audible. Um, over and maybe this is a bigger discussion that 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 happens next time, but I just kind of want to throw this out there i over the the weekend, I was reading um some articles on medium okay which I, I I like it as a as a platform I like some of the stories that I've read there there's some there's some good stuff up there and it got me thinking about some of these available platforms or or the variety of platforms available for posting sharing work yep and i i posted a twitter message you know what let me find it so i don't misquote myself
2: i Uh, saw your twitter
0: message yeah. yeah anyway it was something to the effect uh twitter's not loading oh wait here it is here it is here it is Twitter's Uh, uh, not loading. Yeah. Um, The idea was, okay, here it is. With so many platforms or apps available to post and share work and ideas, have personal websites become obsolete?
1: Yeah. Well, you know what? I think that's a good topic. Let's. Why don't we use that as our big topic for next week? Because I okay. think that's a good. Conversation. I'd, I'd like to give you guys a little. <laughs> yeah, think about that. But w-
0: one of the cool things that happened out of it, Mike Sakasagawa and I kind of got into a, a discussion, kind of going back and forth, and uh, it 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 changed a little bit into context and and. The idea that that you have control over things like type and layout and design, whereas on these platforms you don 't have that to the same degree and and the question arose of whether or not uh, type or design matter matter yep and <laughs> and Mike at one point suggested that that they really don 't matter.
1: Uh, yeah, I I have a thing up from a Roger Black book, a website, a web design Roger Black book from like 1997 or something like that. Yeah, and one of his like underlings has a quote where he's just like, "No one cares about your dumb design." Okay. In fact, I still have it up on my on my refrigerator. Which, okay, which a lot of people believe, and yeah. I I I responded to it. I said,
0: uh, you know, d- don't say that to uh, to Eric Speakerman or David right. Carson. And he commented, and yeah, and so Eric Speakerman chimed in on the discussion, which kind of blew my mind because I I'm I've been a fan of Eric's work for for a while he's he's one of the monsters of of typography and type design and if you've ever seen the film Helvetica uh, he was one of the typographers uh, featured in that Uh, has designed work for you know Braun and Bosch and and the German uh, uh, basically the German equivalent of the New York City subway system uh, has designed Content for them and for Heidelberg Press, and you know, so he's he's big, and and he kind of chimed in and and basically said, "Look, typography and layout design—that's uh, what that's what makes context. That's what that's what provides context." Right. And it got to be this this interesting sort of branch discussion that that ended up with me asking Eric if he would consider having a conversation about these topics about right. design and typography and usability. And uh, he ended it with saying uh, yesterday, he, he uh, messaged me and said, Hey, I'll be in San Francisco, but send me an email and uh, you know, let's see what happens. That'd be cool. And I thought, you know what? That's the thing, right? That's the thing with social media that I dig. It's not the, it's not the, the clicks and the likes and the, and the who's doing what and, and the following the people with the most likes it's and good all that. Cause kind it's of stuff. flat. Right. Well, it can be, it can be, You know, um, and and, you know, some of the people that that I follow, I've I've messaged and I've I've, you know, reached out to or just commented on their work and and some comment back. And uh, in a few cases, those comments have evolved into dialogues and are evolving into potential conversations. And, you know, uh, it's just it's fascinating to me that that, you know, I wrote something about it on my blog that that. You know, 10 years ago, this wasn't possible. True. 10 years ago, I I couldn't even reach out to people like this. And now
1: I think it's very similar to to the same way that you could say there's democratization of you could put your image up and everyone in the world could theoretically see it today. You mm -hmm. know, like I think it's a similar kind of thing where like that, where it's like, yes, connections can be made in a way that they couldn't before. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't necessarily mean that they will. You know what I mean? It's sort of, I think it's a similar kind of thing. Right. And then, and the idea
0: that there, there, there are no roadways that lead to, you know, getting found. Yep. You can do whatever you want and you still may languish in obscurity. Uh, one of the things I'll add to the next show notes, and, and uh, maybe we can, you know what, maybe I can add it to this one. You guys can read it and we'll talk about it with, with this discussion next week. Uh, the Martian, which you have seen and I have not. Yeah. Uh, the Martian started out as a self published serialized yep. fiction on a really boring bland website yep uh and people started reading it and there were no ads and no donate buttons and all this and and it It became something and the uh the readers encouraged the writer to to put the thing on amazon and you know the rest as they say, is history it got found and and you know, made into the this, rest this is film. Matt Damon, but I guess that, that in some way makes my point and I don't want to j- jump into this too much, but there, there, there was no interface uh, capital I to speak of there, there, there was, there, there was very little design capital D there was just the content. There was the
1: work. Sure. Yeah. And I mean, and for, for, Writing for a book, I think that that's true, right? Well, okay, let, we're gonna say let's
0: save, save this it. because I, I've got. There's more a lot to talk that. about. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. All right. So yeah, next yeah, well, week talk we'll about talk it. about uh, uh, personal websites, design, usability, all that kind of stuff. Yep. Anyway, thanks for letting me put that out.
1: No there. problem. Yeah. Uh, so I watched almost all of the Keith Richards thing. I missed the end. Was this I couldn't quite. Was this a terrific documentary? Or yeah, what? yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, Craig went to the uh, the premiere a couple weeks ago and was like in the room with. Keith and all these other people, it Bruce was, Willis and stuff.
0: It's it's a real and okay. And if you have not, I'll, I'll add this too. If you haven't listened to it, Mark Marin interviews Keith on
1: uh, on the latest <laughs> WTF. Okay, the best part about that is before Maron starts the interview where he's talking, he's like, "I'm in NPR offices," do, do, do and you somebody love that? runs out, and somebody's like, "Keith Richards is smoking in the studio." It's just like, "What are yeah. you gonna tell him to stop?" Yeah, and Marin's like, "Of course he is." Yeah, yeah. Cause he's like the ultimate rebel. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: that, that's, uh, that, I, I enjoyed that, that conversation quite a bit.
1: Yeah. Keith Richards, uh, when he's talking to people, no matter either, both in this movie and Marin and whoever else he interviewed with in the last three weeks, you know, he's not been on a huge press tour. Sure. Um, He's he seems like he's been doing this for so long that he probably doesn't even really know who he's talking to at any point in time. Like you know what I'm saying? Like there's yeah, there's, he's just sort of like I don't know, man. You know I'm floating through and doing my thing. And yeah, what know. what did what did Marin say was in the uh, in in the in the
0: green room? Basically, there was a, a, a flat of of the little single serve like airplane bottles of vodka. Oh, and God. and uh, what was it? Orange soda? Or yeah, something?
1: yeah, yeah. And he's drinking. He's mixing them.
0: Yeah. And uh, he asked him. Marin asks him, "What are you drinking?" And He's like, uh, "Nuclear waste." Yeah,
1: yeah, toxic waste or yeah. something. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, and, you know, one of the things that I that I took away from that interview, that conversation, is uh, the genuine interest and admiration that that Marin has for guests like that when he when he's when he's in it
1: he's a fanboy
0: yeah he has no he, there's no holding back it's still an interesting interview but his admiration his his uh uh the the effect that his guest has had on his life is apparent there, he doesn't hide behind any sort of kind of showbiz artifice or anything and i really like that
1: yeah yeah yeah, uh, yeah. no so he's good well and he, that's why the 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 medium of podcast when it comes to interviews like that can be different cuz it's generally more long form mm-hmm. and you can they can people can talk that way and it's not a problem you know there's mm-hmm. like a it's less formal it's right uh, yeah. right 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 um but yeah so okay so we're we're here talking about the 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 idea of influence right yep okay I was thinking about this a lot because, okay, so there's scenes where he's talking about what records him and Mick used to listen to when they were kids. And, oh, I got this record and I started playing like this guy. And then, oh, we got this Muddy Waters record and I bump into Mick and he's holding these records and, you know, this whole thing. Right. And and it kind of got me thinking just as a quick sort of tangent uh, away from the Rolling Stones for a second. Do you think that. The the things that influence us have far more to do with when we were born and where we grew up than anything else that that, you know, people of my generation when I was in high school, people were listening to The Cure and The Smiths and whatever else, because I grew up in suburban white Connecticut. You know what I'm saying? And that almost everybody around me in suburban white Connecticut listened to those same things. See what I'm saying? I but, do, but and and, see what and, you're saying. and 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 okay. So when we were kids, if you read a an interview with Keith Richards, mm-hmm. and it said, "Oh, you know, we listen to Muddy Waters, and you know, whatever," and as a kid, you'd go, "Oh man, I just read about Muddy Waters. I'm going to go get a Muddy Waters record as a 14 year old kid." And you start listening to Muddy Waters, and you have sort of a you 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 gain this identity of I'm the one who cracked the code of what Keith Richards was talking about. You know, and, and I'm really into this stuff because Keith Richards is and I did the research and and the, like picked up the clues and, and put together the riddle of, 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 of who he really is. And then you get to college and you meet the other 20 kids who all also read that weird, obscure interview with Keith Richards where he mentions Muddy Waters and have all read it, too. Right. And it's sort of like and I wonder if nowadays with all of this stuff so accessible Mm-hmm. Both both what we're listening to and sort of the history of any artist you could ever imagine. You don't have to dig that deep to find out what Keith Richards listened to as a kid. Where back when we were kids, it was like, oh man, I don't know what, you know, I don't know who, what Billy Joel listened to when he was a kid. You know what I mean? Like, how the I, hell I would don't you know? know? I know. Th- I think maybe it depended on
0: the source material. I mean I I remember like many Rush fans reading Ayn Rand and John Dos Passos because Neil Peart read them.
1: Right. Yeah, no, that's you know, ex- or yep. I read uh The Chalice and the Blade <laughs> right. because Sting talked about it in an interview. Right. Well, that's ex- that's exactly the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and but there was like a certain matter of 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 you were uh, uh, clever enough to sort of pick up on these cues and weird things in interviews and sort of try to get inside of Sting's head or Neil's head. You
0: know what I mean? Yes. Well, well, what what I wanted, uh, if I'm being completely honest, was I wanted to be able to write like him.
1: Yeah. You figured if I listen to the same stuff he listened to Absolutely. or read the same stuff he read. Yes. So I'm listening to Buddy
0: Rich and I'm listening to, you know, whatever it is, Freddie Hubbard or, or, you know, I'm trying to, to go to their wellspring, but I'm not getting the same results. Yeah. And I think you can make those, those, uh, those, those influences or those inferences rather photographically or artistically
1: or Absolutely. musically. But I guess my know? question is for people in, in his day and age, it, you know, or a late early sixties, I guess it would be in uh, late fifties, early sixties, in England, mm-hmm. I feel like listening to Elvis and listening to uh, um, uh, Chuck Berry and listening to all these guys. It seems like a very common string when you talk to the mus- the musicians of the British Invasion. You talk to the guys in the Kinks. You talk to the Beatles. You talk to the Rolling Stones. They were all listening to this stuff. It's not that 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 Keith Richards had access to. It, to, to to a to a uh, a recipe that led to him becoming Keith Richards, a lot of people listened to that same stuff and didn't become Keith Richards. You know, sure, but so, but there was some sort of catalyst. I mean, when he when he was talking about
0: riding the train and seeing Mick with the uh, uh, the Chuck Berry record yep, and yep. the best of Muddy Waters. Yep. You know, it was like he saw a
1: unicorn. Absolutely yeah, right. Well, yes, he felt like he did. I wonder if that's actually true or if that's just sort of how he's remembering it cuz it feels like every musician of that era kind of gives a very similar story. And I'm not saying they're wrong and it it look it led to these musicians going in uh okay, but, all their different directions. What we're
0: looking at though is I mean, can you name more than a dozen? I mean, uh, you, you, every musician, yeah, maybe, but maybe it's it's because we're looking at it through history but but then you know, they didn't know, you know, Keith didn't know Billy Joel. Keith didn't know right, right, right. Ray Davies, <coughs> to my knowledge. You know, maybe right. they did. I don't know. But but so, you know, in this interview where Keith says, you know, I thought I was the only guy in the southeast of England that knew anything about this right. stuff. Right. So he's he's like out there. Same with, with, with when you watch uh,
1: uh, the Rush documentary. You know, Getty and Alex, they think – they're the only ones listening to this stuff. right? But I think that there was more common experience. People just didn't have a way to communicate with each other is what I'm saying. Oh, okay. I find yeah. that fascinating. That, that's fair. The idea that all uh, these people uh, thought they now. were, yeah, that all these people thought they were having this special, very individual moment with these particular artists when there were probably dozens or hundreds or thousands of sure. kids having the exact same experience, thinking they're the only ones having the experience. Yeah, with these yeah, artists. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, think, I just find that fascinating, you know, in yeah, a way I, that I don't know that that happens nowadays because everyone's talking on Twitter all the time about whatever they're listening to, you know? Well, it's, I think it's,
2: it's different.
0: At, It's well, yeah. It's it's at it's at once less personal and more personal. Yeah, it's fascinating. You know. Anyway, sorry, didn't mean to derail you. No, 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 no. It's it's you're right. This idea of of influence and letting what influences you communicate that to your friends and your peers is so much easier now.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, and you know, not for nothing. Just not to go in a little off my lawn thing, but it's interesting that nowadays when you can stream anything you want to hear, right? Does that make you less connected to specific things? Because there's back in the day when you only had whatever was on the radio and then maybe the 50 records you owned that you could collect when you were a teenager. Mm -hmm. And those like physically meant something to you because they were the ones that you had to listen to. Now that you can listen to anything you want, do you think there's as much of a connection to individual things I think there can be, sure Okay, that's what I was just wondering, I don't know I, was, I don't, I don't I know was enough kids who listen
0: Where was I? I was in a bar and there was a, a trombone track playing and I asked my phone, what is this? Yeah. You know, what's playing right now, where which is it? still blows my mind Wait, that Bay over route. the ambient noise No, it was a Trombone Shorty Trombone Shorty, okay Trombone Shorty uh, Backland, I think, is the name of the record. Uh, bought it on the spot. Went, this is fantastic, right? Trombone shorty, trombone shorty, right? Um, so I, you know, I, I think you still can have very personal reactions to to uh, what do we want to call it? I don't want to call it things because that seems too nondescript. Art,
1: uh, uh, objects. Uh no, um content content yeah, okay, sure. Yeah, whatever the word is. Yes. Yeah. I think to, you can to, to uh to uh, um stuff. Uh uh what is the MacGuffins. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. 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 Um yeah.
0: But I I I what I took away from this and you and I both probably zoned in on this because we were both fans of Connections. Uh the show. Remember the show? Yeah, sure. Uh, uh I took away all of the little connections and all of the little experiences, good or bad, that made Keith Richards, Keith Richards. Yeah. You know, and something that Marin said to him in the interview, he said, uh, uh, you know, I spent most of my youth trying to figure out how to be Keith Richards. And Richards laughs and he says, I spent most of my youth trying to figure out how to be Keith Richards. Right. Yeah. That, I remember know? that and, line. It's a good line. Know, yeah. And, and – there there is, to your point earlier, there is this assumption that Keith Richards was always Keith Richards, or Avedon was always Avedon or Alex Soth was always Alex Soth. But sure. the, the the current iteration of any of them, uh I guess with the exception of Avedon, is that that they are who they've become. Yeah. And they they are who they've become because of the influences, because of what they've read, what they've seen, who have they loved, who have they been angered by or who have they angered, you know? And, and that to me is, is what was at the core of this film was, was you know, it, it, I didn't know anything about Keith Richards really.
1: Do you, okay, let me ask you, uh, uh, can you choose what influences you?
0: God that's a great question.
1: Can like, can, you choose- can you can you can you, can you uh, basically f- force yourself into a certain line of influence, you know what I mean? Cuz it, I think you can to a certain extent, yes, I think you can. Can, can. you prime, can you prime the influential pump, you know?
0: Maybe. You yeah. know, I I I there there were some there have been some books that uh, uh for example, uh a sci-fi book called Dune. Uh, Frank Herbert. Uh, I've never heard of it. Just kidding. Okay. Uh, w- my best friend in high school read all of them, the whole series, multiple, multiple times. Yep. It was, it was probably the most influential book he's ever read. A uh, series him. even for him. Yep. And, and to millions of other people. I mean, this is, this is one of the iconic science fiction books,
1: right? Right. I never, I mean, it was okay. Yeah, never did anything for you. I never couldn't get did through. Yeah. You know, I was more influenced by William Gibson, right? And still am. So, I guess the reason I bring this up is that Marin and and in this thing they're talking about, oh, Keith, what is it that get, you know, got you where you're going, right? And it's interesting from an intellectual just curiosity point of view, but mm-hmm. there seems to be an element of what what ingredients did you use to make you because I want to use those ingredients to make me. Right. And, and, and I don't and, know that that's even possible that's, it's not it seems possible. it feels like folly because not only are you growing up in a completely different age in a different place at a different time yeah but but so you, you first of all you only have a third of the ingredients if 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 that many and and you're 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 a different person sure and I feel like trying there's so many i mean look at you you were trying to read the neil pert favorite books because those are the ones that influenced him but that didn't turn you into Neil pert no you know, it, it, and looking back, it kind of, it almost feels kind of silly and childish to even think that like, oh, if I just do the same thing they did, I will become them in some way, you know, but that's, but that's what we try to do. Sure. And I just, sure. we, I find we do it, it, it visually,
0: We do it musically. How yeah.
1: many, how many kids, uh, uh, with a, with a
0: strat think they're going to be Eddie Van Halen
1: sure. or, yeah. or Stanley Jordan right. or, you know, you know and we, I, I have, you know, I have older photographic friends who. Who, who who assisted for Ernst Haas and Avedon and whatever it is. You know what I mean? And it's like, they had experiences I will never have because those guys are gone. Right. You know? Right. And it's like, I can look at those guys' pictures, but I can't have the same sort of photographic upbringing as them. Right. And and it's... Right. So it's interesting you, to me... You've got a different creative pedigree. Yes. In, in, in that way, right? Yes. And, and, and I wonder... Uh, if 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 asking those questions really even get you anywhere other than just an interesting like oh that's interesting you listen to muddy waters i think it does get you someplace i think it opens you to
0: answers okay maybe maybe muddy waters doesn't do it for you but maybe because you listened to Muddy Waters, that got you to Howlin' Wolf or Buddy Guy, and Buddy Guy's the one that does it for you. And there was a particular, you know, show that Buddy Guy did in 1972 in Chicago yep, that made you want to pick up a guitar. Yeah. You would never have gotten there had you not first gotten through Muddy Waters. Yeah, it's true, and you that's know, the way I tend to look at influence and inspiration.
1: My first um, week at at Berkeley, when I was up there, my first like week in music school, I had a, I had a piano lesson with with. This really badass piano player, and um, he was like, "Oh, uh, well, here's here's your assignment for next week. Like, take this Bill Evans record and just transcribe the whole thing, <laughs> like just this one tune, but like transcribe this four and a half minutes of this guy playing, basically. And this is like w- at the time way over my ability head, you know, and and and." I didn't fit. I like got part way through it and I came back with part of it and he was disappointed in me and I still feel bad about it 20 years later, but there's nothing I could do about that. But that record is still like stuck in my head is like, God damn it. One day I got to go back and, and, right, and figure right. that thing out. And, but for, so for like these experiential reasons, that record is, has stuck with me and means something to me, you know? And it's like all this stuff, you can't recreate this kind of stuff. This is, this is, you know, Adams bouncing into atoms, and, and, I don't know. I just I find it really interesting that people are so fascinated by people's influences when I guess it tells you something about where they came from, but it doesn't change what they did. Well, I think there are a couple things at work. Uh, I think
0: w- we we want to know more about a person for two reasons, uh, two two main reasons. There may, may be multiples, but two main reasons, either either. Number one, we want to feel like we know that person. And by by becoming familiar with what they are familiar with, becoming influenced by what they have been influenced, some way uh, we become closer to them.
1: Yeah, but okay? it, but I feel like that's a, a, a fantasy. But go ahead. Sure, it is. Yeah, but we do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um,
0: and and the other one is is what we've talked about is uh, if I read the things that Neil Peart read that somehow is going to get pushed through my own filter and I'm going to be able to write like Neil Peart writes. Right. Or I'm going to play like, like Getty Lee play or you know, whatever yeah, the thing yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. So I think, I think those are, are the two main reasons that we do this. But, but the there's, there's something in, in the next thing that I put in here, this, this Liz Gilbert series that she says, when did inspiration promise that it owes you anything? Right. Yeah. And it didn't. It, right. it You can be inspired and, and, and you can be affected and moved, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that inspiration is going to translate into anything. It's not, it's not going to become transformative. Hard currency. Yeah, yeah. It's not going to become hard currency.
1: Sure. Yeah. the uh, Well, we'll get into that
0: after the thing, but yeah, sure. Um, I just found it fascinating that, that there in, in Keith's world, we're looking back at, well, of course there's a connection between this and this and this and this, because now we can see those connections. But at the time that he and Mick were sitting on the train, there, there were no maps for those territories. There were, there sure. was, there was no roadmap. There was nothing on the horizon that they could go, well, if we just do this and this, we can make this, we can make something amazing.
1: Yeah. It's, I mean, being at the beginning of rock and roll in the, you know, the first decade or so of rock and roll. Um, and then even looking at the first decade or so of say hip hop, right. Mm -hmm. where things were in uncharted territory. Sure. Being a rapper now is very different than being a rapper in the mid nineties or the late eighties. You know what I mean? Or, or what have you. Right. Because you can say, well, what kind of rapper do
0: I want to be? Right. Do I want to be be? like LL
1: Cool J? Do I want to be like NWA? Do I want to be right? Right. And, and so yeah, not having that roadmap allows people to do completely different, like quasi truly, 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 unhindered sort of original stuff, which of course now we know by looking at influences, not really unhindered and original,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but, but has the, at least the patina of being original, you know? Um, well, there's so much that's come before. Right, right, right. You know, but when, I wonder when, if Keith saw, I mean, I wonder if people nowadays see it as just as much of a uncharted territory as he did, you know, maybe that's just our perception.
0: Mm-hmm, I don't know. Mm-hmm, yeah.
1: Uh, hey, by the way, I saw this, this really great, I was, I was staring at his hands in this documentary and they freaked yeah, me knuckles, out. Those knuckles,
0: those, especially those first <laughs> knuckles on each of his fingers.
1: Yep. And, uh, th- it freaked me out a little, not freaked me out, but it just makes me uncomfortable. I'm like, Ugh, you know, in the,
0: in the same way that people get kind of weirded out by clowns.
1: Yes. That's yeah. exactly what it does. Yeah. I get you. Uh, and so I, I found this, you, man. I found this really <laughs> great, uh, blog of a rheumatoid rheumatologist Mm -hmm. named Ronan Cavanaugh. Um, and it's a, it's an article he wrote about how Keith Richards, basically he's got arthritis, obviously nodal arthritis, uh, because of the way he played, and be probably you know genetic stuff and whatever it is, but that how differently he's how much he's changed his playing style. He now plays when he's on stage with a he gets rid of the low E string. He just plays with five strings, and he uses an open tuning so that he can pl- have to push less to play what he needs to play. Hmm. I just thought it was interesting from because a, he just
0: doesn't have the, the, yeah, the dexterity anymore. Yep. Yeah.
1: Isn't that interesting? Well, okay. <laughs> he's like finding ways to do it. And look, you know, in my own experience, even with photography, it's like, even though I go to the gym almost every day and I lift weights and I do this stuff, I still have a bad disc in my back. And like, when I get, when I'm shooting and I'm like down on my haunches or picking stuff up or moving stuff around or climbing up on top of stuff and jumping down and whatever, even by the end of a two or three hour shoot, I'm in pain. Right. You know? And it, could you imagine somebody like this who's been playing for 50 years on stage, on tour, doing all those drugs or whatever it is, no wonder he drinks so much.
0: <laughs> well, there, you know, there's something to be said for that. He he has taken an obstacle, yeah, and adapted to yeah. produce new work.
1: Yeah, it, but it's also a a a, a, a cautionary tale of uh, technique. Right. Learn how to yeah, play your maybe. instrument correctly and you maybe won't have to have a lot of pain when you get older. You know? Maybe.
0: But then yeah. there are people like Chuck Close. Yep.
1: Yeah. Well, that he didn't have a choice in that.
0: One. He didn't have a choice. It wasn't. Right. But yeah. but he's adapted. Yep. And yeah. and and arguably has produced uh, certainly different. Who knows yes. if it's better, but certainly different work yeah. than he would have produced had he not been. What did that happen to him? Mid 80s? I th- you know what? I want to say it was like eighty two, eighty three, 83, but I don't remember. Right, keep going. I'll, I'll look it up. Yeah, look it up. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, th- this, is, this
1: is kind of the thing, right? Is, 88. Is... December 7th, 88. 88. Okay. Okay. I was way off. Um, <laughs> anyway, I just thought it was an interesting thing for people who are not only interested in Keith Richards, but also the idea of like playing correctly and stuff. Like there is a reason for good technique. And, and right. this is kind of it. But yes, you're right. The that the adaptation to arthritis has led him to change the way he plays in in a, in possibly an interesting and good way. Mm-hmm. You know, but uh, ooh, doesn't sound fun when you read this guy's <laughs> essay <Right>. about it. <laughs> and, you
0: know, seeing seeing the film and 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 hearing uh, Marin's interview uh, does make me want to read his autobiography.
1: Uh, Conrad read it and liked it a lot. So, um, I will,
0: so maybe I'll get it on my iPad.
1: Yeah. Um, she read it on her iPad. In fact, um, yeah. Well, we'll talk about that offline. Um, you wanted to talk about our sponsor for today? Yeah. What, uh, you know what? Wait a
0: minute. is it Danny, 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 PA, Danny, AP? Danny, Lions, Danny, who? No, no, no. Danny from the group, uh, said that he, uh, one of our listeners said he learned a tremendous amount from, uh. From, from our sponsor his, today From lynda.com. I You know and I wanted to work on a song But I was listening to I was listening to, <laughs> was listening was to Operation Mind Crime <laughs> Okay well, uh, Yeah that was, That's good uh, So I was, you know uh, uh, operationlinda.com. I was thinking about <laughs> something there But it, not enough people would know the song Really Mind and, Crime?
1: Yeah Queensryche Yeah sure It's a great record forgot about that record. Oh, you know, it's funny. When we were t- I was talking about this whole inspiration thing with with Conrad before she left this morning and and we were talking about it and I was like, "Yeah, and you know, when we had records and she's like, "Yeah, you know, cuz you know, we didn't like we didn't get this stuff for free like kids nowadays." And I was like, "I did." You know? Yeah, you did. Yeah. I, I did. This you a people special didn't.
2: snowflake. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, linda.com, you want to sing a song or you 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 ready to go? I'll think about it. Okay. I'll think about it. This episode uh, is brought to you by the great people at lynda.com. Dot com. The online learning platform with over 3,000 on-demand video courses to help you strengthen your business technology and creative skills. For a free 10-day trial, visit lynda.com. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash O-T-P. Lynda for you guys, for the curious, for the artists of the world, for the people who want to know why Keith Richards plays the way he does. walk this way? Like learn you. this way. Yeah, oh yeah, you could do that. You could do that. It, wait, is it the original? Or are you doing like the uh, the Run oh, DMC the, the, the version? The Run
0: DMC version. Yeah, with with <laughs> with Steven Tyler because he can he can
1: scream. Yeah, yeah. That that was their big comeback, right? post drugs. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah po- getting getting sober. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so look, if you. <laughs> If you want to learn... Uh, if you want to get sober and learn stuff,
2: lynda.com <laughs> is for you.
1: That's for you. Just go. kidding. <laughs> uh, but if you want to learn negotiating tactics, you want to build a website, you want to boost your Photoshop skills, you you know want to learn uh, who the hell Muddy Waters was, I bet you lynda.com has something about Muddy Waters. Um, feed your Looking. curious mind. What? Looking. All right. Go to lynda.com and feed your curious mind. Uh, we They have such great stuff on photography. I, I cannot... Talk Music about theory. the Burt Monroy stuff better, uh, more than I already, that guy just blows me away. I just, I, I don't even know how the hell he does it, but there's stuff on landscape photography, street photography, black and white conversions in the digital domain, uh, advanced color workflows. Uh, there was a color workflow one for, uh, Lightroom that taught me all kinds of weird stuff about, uh, uh, the little triangles up in the histogram in Lightroom, where you could turn them on and off to, you know, like you can in Photoshop to show where things are blocking up or where highlights are blown out. Right. Uh, super useful stuff that I hadn't really thought of much in Lightroom specifically. So you guys got to check this out. Lynda.com membership. You can watch and learn from top experts who are passionate about teaching. These are not people on uh, YouTube in their mother's basement yeah. teaching. Yeah. Today, yeah. we're, uh,
0: we're going to talk about the Dodge and Burning yeah. tool. Hey, um, and then, um, uh, uh, hey, mom, I'm not hungry. I'm not hungry.
1: <laughs> like those guys?
0: Yeah, those guys.
1: You could stream <laughs> thousands of video courses on demand and learn on your own schedule. So you don't have to worry about going to a class. <laughs> I don't and, like macaroni and cheese. Yeah, you know what? Tuesday night, I want to watch Magnum PI. I don't want to go fine. to school. <laughs> uh, look, you can you can learn on your own schedule. You could be up at three mm. in the morning or wake up at three in the morning, like Jeffrey. You can learn at your own pace. Courses are structured so you can watch them from start to finish or consume them in small bite-sized pieces. And of course, you can browse each course transcript to follow along or search for an answer and skip straight to that point in the video, which is crazy cool. Uh take notes as you go and refer to them later along with where you are. You know, they got they you can download tutorials and watch them on, on the go on your iOS or Android device. It's fantastic. And you can create and save playlists of what you want to watch. You can and send them to friends or colleagues, that kind of stuff. So you can like customize a learning path. It's great. Lynda.com membership will give you unlimited access to training on hundreds of topics, all for one flat rate. Whether you're looking to become an industry expert, you're passionate about your hobby, or you just want to learn something new, I want you to visit lynda.com, L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash O-T-P. Sign up for your free 10-day trial. We thank Linda very much for the support of on taking pictures.
0: You know what I like? There, there's a mix on on their course instructors. Yes, you've got some of the big folks. You've, okay. got, you've got the Simons. You've got the McClellans. You've got, you know, the Munroys, but you've got a lot of other people that, that are passionate and talented in their field, but maybe you haven't heard of. Sure. You know, they don't, they don't have the, the reach, but no less talented, no less compelling. Um, That's, I think one of the big strengths of of lynda.com.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But they're all, they're all really good, right? They're not. Yeah. 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 I completely Yeah, agree. look
0: up uh, – if you're a street photographer, look up uh, – there's a, a fellow that I have been following for a while, Richard Kochi Hernandez. He's an Emmy Award winner. He's a professor. He's a multimedia journalist. He was one of the first people that I uh, uh, started following who who really embraced the iPhone and mobile photography. Um, he was uh, – he worked with Di Sagano. Uh, to uh, 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 to really kind of establish multimedia journalism to really kind of highlight multimedia journalism um, and it, it, I can't say enough good things about him he's got a course on there on street photography that's it's not very long but terrific insights so check
1: him out there you go yeah uh, all right so where do you want to go France I'm going in two weeks so I'll let you know how it is I don't really want to go to France. Okay. Then go to France. <laughs> uh, this might be
0: another thing for for next week or, okay. or um, something else. Um, I've been listening to this podcast series by uh, a woman named Elizabeth Gilbert who- um, Was
1: on probably Little House on the Prairie.
0: No, that's oh, Melissa, okay. no, Melissa Gilbert. Uh, probably her most famous or what she's most known for is writing Eat, Pray, Love. Right. Uh, but she's, she's doing this series. She, she's written a new book called Big Magic that's really kind of all about um, almost demystifying creativity. Okay. And, and Lots of people have tried that over the years. Lots of people have tried it. and and it's it's sort of creativity tough love okay you know one of the things that 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 she said in this particular lesson strong magic um is you might be entitled to be creative but you're not entitled uh to make a living from, well actually that that wasn't her that was me no wait that, would, that is that is her uh and then when did inspiration promise that it owes you anything and i i, I thought it would be interesting because we are, we are inundated with the follow your dream, follow your passion. And I myself have been, you know, from the time that I was very little, do what you love and the money will come. Well, I'm trying to do what I love. Yeah.
1: And the money's not coming. So, right. But here, here, I guess the, the flip side of this is that there's, there's not really any alternative. It's sort of like, you know, there are if, plenty of alternatives. Well, I, I, no alternative in the sense that that if what you want to do is I don't know paint right or be a screenwriter, you really love being a you know the idea of being a screenwriter. The only the only thing you can do is just keep at it and keep writing screenplays. You know, what agreed. I mean? But you don't you don't have to uh, put yourself in the position
0: of of being able to or not being able to support yourself because of it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I guess you can choose to. Yes, yes. You can write at night. You can photograph on the weekends. You can draw in the afternoons or, you know, whatever it is. Um, And, you know, for for a long time, I I was under the impression that, you know, I'm I'm creative and I'm not the dumbest person in the room and I have some sort of skill. So therefore, I should be able to I'm entitled to make a living from that. And that's completely erroneous. That's, just, that's,
1: y- it's likely that you would be able to make a living from that.
0: I don't even that know that man. it's likely yeah. with, with the industries where they are. But my, my point is what, what, what Elizabeth is talking about in this series is, is letting go of the, of the idea of, of where this ends up and focus on where it takes you. Focus on, on doing the actual behind the scenes work. You know, you you do it because you love it, not because you're going to sell the screenplay.
1: No, absolutely. But at the same time, the idea of having some modicum of success in what you're doing is is an innate human thing, right? It's absolutely. Like you, you could put your head down. We'll we'll take Crutzen as 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 a non photographic example for a second. Crutzen gets in his lake and he starts swimming, right? Yes. You know, he puts his head down. He just swims, you know, pops his head up to grab water, air, 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 you know, keeps swimming, swims for five minutes, stops for a second, looks up and turns around and he's still 10 feet away from shore. He's going to be frustrated. That's just a natural thing. Mm You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I think that a lot of the frustration that people have is not it's not it's 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 a natural. uh Annoyance of putting in effort and not getting a lot out of it. I don't think it's a, it's an intellectual. The world owes me. I think it's more of a temper tantrum. The world owes me. See what I'm saying? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Um, in which case it's like, you know, it's like we, you ha- I'm sure have felt that way. I felt that way. Everybody's felt that way. I um, have felt that way. Right. Um, so I, well, well, I agree with you and, and I will listen to Elizabeth Gilbert um, I would listen to this this episode okay. in particular, yeah. uh, number twelve. She she. Uh, but I wonder if she's putting up a straw man. As I guess is what I'm saying is that like, I don't do think people so. really think that the world owes them that, or do they? Or are they just annoyed by the fact that it's not working out the way they wanted it? I to think out? a lot of people
0: do believe that they should be able yeah. to support themselves to to whatever degree that they've yeah. got in their head from their art.
1: Yeah. Well, I I, I will tell you that that. At least in photography, there's a certain annoyance with the fact that there there are certain clients who are willing to pay for good work. And then mm-hmm. there are other clients who are not willing to pay for good work. The fact that there are clients who understand that that work is worth a good amount is like a livable wage, as it were, um, means that that stuff is to some people who know enough that it's worth that much to them the annoyance comes in when I think people come in and say, Oh, well that thing that you pay that I'm supposed to pay 10 X for, I really only think it's worth one X and that you just feel devalued. Right. And it's, and it's mm-hmm. not really a, uh, I mean, there's, there are market dynamics, but there's also a lot of, um, uh, uh, social, uh, beliefs in, in what art is worth. And I think that there's that, that, that art has more value Artistic work and creative work has more value than a lot of people give it just because it's less specifically tangible than a lot of other things. See what I'm saying? And I think that's part of what is annoying lately is that that it's almost the zeitgeist that creative stuff isn't worth anything and that somehow devalues creative work. But but there's an okay yes, but the irony is that we are also
0: living in a time where where creative work, art, yep. is selling for more than it ever has in our history.
1: Yes, to for to a, yes, from into a very very tiny percentage of people. Yes, which is odd. Yeah, well, that's that weird upper echelon stuff that makes absolutely no logical sense. You right. know. Right, right right, uh but you know we'll we'll talk about it next week. it's interesting yeah
0: g- just give it a listen. It's yeah. not a long thing um it's it's an interview with uh brene Brown, who is another writer,
2: yeah
0: um and you know she will either click with you or she won't um i don't I don't like everything she does but there have been several episodes of this so far 12 episode series that i've i've really enjoyed okay uh, number 10 is also really good it's with uh, her guest is john hodgman sure um the number 9 is uh on creativity and fear that one's a good one too sure so uh you know give it a listen see what you think um maybe you'll you'll pull something out of it and and we'll we'll talk about it next week
1: hodgman goes to my gym does he really yep Seems um, like an
0: interesting cat.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's uh, He goes to the diner a lot, too. Um, you know who I
0: used to see at the gym when I lived in the Valley? Who? Morgan Fairchild. Uh, how'd she look? Amazing. And she was the sweetest person.
1: <laughs> did people, like, go talk to her or did everyone no. leave her alone?
0: No. she would come in in her little, like, you know, leotard thing, yeah. do her thing and leave. I used to always also see uh, Paul Reiser. Oh, sure, yeah. Who was hysterical. He was there with his trainer. Fun. Yeah,
1: I feel like... When we were kids, and there was like gym class PE, Mm -hmm. I feel like they didn't explain very well back when we were kids that you really do need exercise for your head too, you know. Oh, they didn't explain it at all, right? I don't. I I,
0: don't remember. It was run, go jog, go. Yeah, like I feel like if they explained
1: it as you know what, like every you know as as Heather's eighty year old Lebanese friend used to say, you must sweat every day. Like there's just this, you know, you need. To move. It's good for your head. It's good for your body. And as you get older, like all this kind of stuff that making exercise a part of your daily routine is an important thing. Yeah. Even if it's 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. Go, go get a, go get a little bit of a sweat on Yeah, and,
0: and, you know, then come back and eat ice cream.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we are at an hour and 10 minutes. Do you want to do the art or not? Or do you, is that a bigger conversation? Um... It's it's not really a huge conversation. It's okay. it's it's
0: Milton Glaser yeah. talking about. Uh, I liked it. Yeah, I liked it a lot. I like it, he, he talk- says
1: if it if it moves you to attentiveness, it is art. That was that was like the right, quote. For right,
0: right. Art at its fullest capacity makes us attentive, yeah. and he talks about the impurities of art, and and one of the biggest impurities in art is money, because yes. the people that, that are that are buying art as an investment. Are not necessarily being moved to attentiveness. They're they're looking at it as an investment, um, and uh, any of the other impurities in his in his belief are the things that that isn't that aren't moving you toward attentiveness. Yeah, which I find fascinating. So it, 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 we can, I guess we can in, what infer from that that it's it's just about making a reaction. Is are you paying attention? Are you reacting to it? If if it doesn't move you to take a second look or to think about it, or you just walk past it in a museum, is it still art? Yeah. Not to you, but to someone it will be.
1: Yep. Yeah. I, I, I thought it was a very interesting way of, he put things very nicely.
0: Yeah. So Milton Glaser, uh, who, who is a, 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 an icon in his own yep. right. It's a uh,
1: big think or think big. What is it? Big think? I think it's
0: big think. Yeah. Uh,
1: video. It's only like a few minutes long. So go check that out. I'll put a link in the show notes. Yeah. Um, so we got a lot of feedback about the Bruce Gilden stuff.
0: Yeah. What, what, why, what is this? What are you, what are you doing here? What are we talking about
1: here? Well, okay. A lot of people wrote in with uh, agreeing with you that like, Oh, he's just a uh, opportunistic, whatever. And that made a lot of people angry and I don't like him cause he's a jerk to his, to his subjects. Um, well, I, there's that there's, there's the portrayal of the subject, certainly. Yep, of, yeah, yeah. of. Uh, I put this in here because, uh, it's an article in the daily mail and uh, two things. One, is this the same one from last week? No, the other one was in the guardian. Oh, it was a guardian. Okay. And, uh, he says he's speaking to mail online quote, I made, I make their day. Some of the people in my photos are alone in the world. They don't have anyone else to speak to and they're often ignored one tooth lady, one lady in england with only one tooth in her mouth i showed her the shot and she said i'm beautiful uh she did try really hard to make her lipstick nice so i'm wondering if two things one i wonder if some of the quotes that we read last week are dismissive of a lot of the things that he says and maybe we're biased the so, quotes by whom we read some quotes by him and people talking about him, saying that he was—I forget the exact words they use—but like uh, uh, the. Well, he says here: Look, uh, a lot of people have money, and a lot of people have possessions in life, and they pay lip service to being the underdog. I don't claim to be a humanitarian, but these are the people I'm interested in. I consider myself an underdog too. That's why I'm on their side. I I see in their face the struggle in life that they've struggled in life, and I don't buy that. You don't. You don't buy what. You don't think he's. I don't buy it. Honest what he's saying. I, I mean, if you look at some of the video of the way he shoots, he's, he's, he's
0: seeing people walk towards him. He's in their face for an instant and gone. Yeah, you're telling me in that instant you're identifying with their struggle in life and you're highlighting their plight and you're blah 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 blah. All I'm saying it. is that I it's it.
1: it's it, it, I think it is a slippery slope to judge an artist on the kind of person you think they are because a lot of the artists we really love were complete jackasses.
0: I'm I'm not judging him on a kind of person. I don't care what kind of person he is. I don't like his art. I don't like his work. Okay, no, no that's fine. I don't like this yeah. body of work that is, is, right. I I should I should Clarify that, because as I pointed out last you week. You like some of the older stuff. I like some of the older yeah, work. Yeah, yeah, This body of work, I think, is is to my eye intentionally cruel.
1: Uh, Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree. It, it seems intentionally cruel to me, too. But like, you know, one person's eye, another person's eye. I guess I'm just saying that I don't think it's as monolithic as we made it out to be last week. That there are other people who would very much disagree with us.
0: Uh nobody that wrote in. Yeah. If that's if that's true. any indication. Yeah. So I, just,
1: I was just some of these quotes were a little bit like actually say what he was saying and, and were a little more interesting to me than the ones we read last week. So that's the only reason I put it in. Yeah.
0: Right. It's I I still don't like the work. Okay. I mean fair enough. he could he could be the nicest guy in the world. I'm I have no I have no you know makes you angry. horse in the race. Yeah. I just don't <laughs> I don't like the work. That yeah. body of work.
1: I mean, I don't. I don't particularly like it from an aesthetic level either. I just. Uh, I don't know that his motives are d- definitely unpure. You know, everyone has mixed motives to do any kind of art. Uh sure, and sure. And, and and and, I don't know. I, I felt like we were being a little overly judgmental last week. Is all I'm saying. I again I'm not judging the man. I'm judging the work. And I get
0: to decide whether it's art to me. I get to decide whether I enjoy it, whether it's meaningful yes, to me. Yes, but you
1: you 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 can't assume that what he was doing is mean. You could you could say, oh, it looks like it's mean to me, or it feels mean to me, but it doesn't necessarily mean that he was trying to be mean. F- fair enough. And yeah. I'll go back and listen. And if I said yeah. that,
0: yeah, I, don't I, know I I apologize. Yeah. All all I'm making a judgment call is. It
1: feels to me when I look at these, Yep,
0: it feels intentionally cruel. cruel.
1: Yep. I, I agree. But I don't know that that was his intention. And if it wasn't his intention, but it ended up feeling cruel, is it still wrong? If he wasn't trying to be cruel, if he was trying to actually highlight these people in a way that he thought was, you know, meaningful and to you, it seems cruel is the, okay. Is see what I'm I, saying? Is, I is, do see what you're saying. Is he in the I, wrong?
0: I will ask you, if, if that's the case, okay, yep. I, I will ask you to go look at Jim Mortrum's Small Town Inertia series. Yep. I've seen them, yep. And if, and if that's the, if, if they're proceeding from the same place, if they're starting in the same place, yes. they're achieving two vastly different results. Yeah,
1: I know. But isn't that what art's all about?
0: Uh, yes, but you're making an, I, well, there's an assumption there that, that, that the plight to show them as sensitive and blah, blah, whatever yeah, yeah, that yeah. is. Yeah. I, I, it, that just doesn't, f- it doesn't feel like you could start there and get here Okay, to me. And again, yeah. this is, this is just to me. Yeah. If, and somebody just, else it, digs it. I'm sure somebody
1: digs it. Yeah. And that's, that's why I like was reading this and I was like, yeah, you know, like I, I agree. I don't like it either. And maybe he was doing that, but like, I got to go by what the guy says, yeah. you know, I can't yeah. I don't think he's lying about his intentions because, you know, I, I don't would know. much prefer to look
0: at Mortram's work or Alex South's work. Yep. Uh, is it Soth or Soth? I think it's Soth. Okay. So he's got a Sof? new book that just came out. Uh it's a box set with three mini reprints of his th- previous books. Um I haven't seen the whole thing. I've seen the, you know, just a couple pictures of it. Uh, Holger just got it and said it was amazing. I, I,
1: he's, I think he's the guy in the genius of photography where they, he's like, yeah, that prints too big. And they just roll it up and they just slice it in half with a razor. Nice. (laughs) He's like, yeah, that one's not going to work. We got to destroy it. Uh, somebody wrote in, uh, let me get the name right. Uh, saying that, 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 uh, here we go. Nicholas, Nick, uh, uh, rogovis we know that guy nick mm-hmm. rogovis nicholas yeah wrote in and said you know maybe uh the iphone is sort of the you know the, that back in the film days there were small cameras like the Yashica t4 and the roly 35 and stuff that were very close to the quality of the best canon things well that's because it was or the the best bigger cameras you know and that was because it was still using the same film which was sort of the Defining factor back in the day. The sort of the sensor of the day was the film. So that's what gave sensor. you that creamy bokeh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> that okay, wonder-
1: Okay. <laughs> God damn. Go back and see episode 176 or something, whatever it was. Um, but but one of the things he he says is that uh, maybe or he alludes to is maybe the iPhone is basically the Ashika T4 of the modern world. You know, in, that, in what way? Well, that, that it's a small it's the small camera that is limited in functionality, but can do a lot of what you're trying to do. So if you're not the iPhone specifically, but like that, that our phones have become the you know, if you don't want to bring your big camera, whatever it is, these things are now getting good enough that they can be the little one that you carry in your carry on in case your real stuff doesn't end up getting there and you'll still get good results. You know,
0: oh, I think that's absolutely true. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I,
1: and I think it's kind of interesting. I hadn't really thought about it quite that way as sort of equating them with these little tiny 35 millimeter cameras from back in the day. And it got me thinking about the Ashika T4 specifically because I used to date this girl 16 years ago uh, named Megan and she uh, was going on a trip to Paris. And she wanted to get a camera and we bought her a Sheikah T4 for, at the time, I don't know, was like 129 bucks or 150 bucks or something like that. Like it was a lot of money, but not a lot of money, you know? Right. And these things now go used for 450 bucks. Yeah. Because people can't get them anymore and they loved them so much. And I just got a little Zeiss lens on them. Yeah, yeah, they were great. But I'm just, it's just really funny that like this thing that used to cost 100 bucks is now going for four times the price because you can't get them anymore. Right. You know, Um, but these were the cameras that, you know, the pro would have on them for when they didn't want to pull out the big camera or, you know, just as the backup for when all hell broke loose and they still need to get the shot. Right. Um, Do you ever have one of these things? I did not. You know,
0: one of the ones that I, that I wanted back then uh, was the Konica Hexar. Okay. Let me see. Remember that one? Look up that. Uh, had this great little, just simple viewfinder, um you know
1: Konica Hexar yeah oh yeah 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 and, and again that's that's almost a similar kind of camera yeah right yeah. uh yeah it's just by the way do you see Voitlander stop making cameras i did uh are are those are they good cam like the the the, the what is it the bessa yeah i mean they were like if you didn't want to buy a like a lot of people bought Voigtlanders and but their their lenses I think we're the same like M mount as the Leica, so some people would buy Voigtlander glass to stick on their Leica body. Because there's a, a Leica, uh, a Voitlander Bessa R three
0: with a Leica forty millimeter Summicron. Mm, that's a tasty combination right there. Yep, anyway, for uh, twelve hundred bucks.
1: Just kind of crazy. Uh, Ishika T four, which was a, uh, if you don't know that camera, go look it up. It's a weird little camera that was sort of, you uh, know, I'll put the camera, the, the camera wiki th- page on it. And what was the one you were talking about? Konica Hexar. Konica, Konica Hexar. Yep. Hexar. I'll we'll put that one in there too. Um, cause these are just funky old cameras. That was actually not that the, old. The, 93. Konicas. Huh? is, they're 500 bucks. Yeah. How much were they back in the day? I don't know. A hundred and a half. I know. Right. This is what's so crazy about it. In fact, I wrote Megan and I was just like, Hey, do you still have that T4? Cause you could sell it for like 500 bucks now. She's like, I'm actually gonna go look. It's crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. Anyway, I just thought you'd get a kick out of that. Um. All right. Assignments. Oh my gosh. Okay. Stranger. I, I Who, have to. I have to gush. Yeah, they did some amazing jobs. Seriously. Yeah. You yeah, guys. Yeah. I, I am so
0: thrilled. Uh, I, I got some emails from from a number of you saying, you know. How this was not only the most difficult assignment, but, but in a lot of ways, the most satisfying. Yeah. Uh, there, there is definitely something about approaching another human being and having a conversation and, and, and giving a little bit of yourself rather than just walking by, snapping sort of nondescript or, or even stealthily and then continuing to move on. Yeah. There is something fantastic that happens. Uh, so Jen, terrific, absolutely terrific. And she writes, this is by far all caps. My favorite OTP is assignment, uh, OTP assignment. Uh, there were some great, Tom Moore. Yeah. Ju- stuff.
1: Justice is like picking up chicks with, with his, with his justice. That's not the kind of friend that my grandfather meant justice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Thomas Moore took a great one in Atlanta. Look at that. Yeah. Tom from Tom Michigan. And, Tom in Michigan. Uh, the, uh, 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 yeah, what else we got? Doctor, whoever Dr. Iso is, is, is rocking it. And, uh, Benjamin B took like six different pictures, people's pictures. Yeah. Including one woman who actually looks like she's in Lord of the Rings. Uh, yes. Uh, that that woman's almost like freaky doll looking. Fernando.
0: Uh, in Battambang, Cambodia, I met this man with his baby. He was a soldier during the long war against the Khmer Rouge. According to him, the tattoos made by a magic man saved his life. That's Ugh. some cool stuff. Yep, that is. You guys, uh, uh, oh Robert Baron. Oh, oh, this is good. Uh, or is it? Is it Baroni? Robert. I'm sorry if I butcher your name. Robert Baron. Oh, yeah, who likes that? Could that be it? Uh, Stanley Grosso hundred-year-old stranger I met Stanley while he was hawking his book at an antique car show in Connecticut I asked him where his family came from in Italy why are you asking me I'm not Sic- Italian I'm Sicilian his autobiography tells the story of the prohibition days in Connecticut and Stanley's memories of Lucky Luciano Dutch Schultz and other goodfellas created by the Volstead Act I bought a signed copy of the book on the lamb he was happy to have his photo taken
1: that is fantastic yep this is ex- so, this is exactly what we were looking at this is this is this is the thing right yeah, it's great stuff and you uh, guys do here's the thing though like once you start doing that and walking up to people like it gets easier to do you know what I mean yeah like you know then you could just walk up to people start talking to them and and say hey you mind if I take a quick portrait of you yeah a lot of times they'll say yes and if they say no don't take it personally because maybe they're just you know weird about some people are just weird about getting their picture taken period you know has nothing to do with you Benjamin
0: B. Look at this one here. Benjamin B. Uh, uh, Stanley with his accordion. I went for a walk today with my first roll of film to use for quite a while, but took my digital camera in my pack uh, for the stranger assignment and met Stan along the way. I asked if I could take his photograph while he played and he stopped to ask about my camera and what film I was using. As it turns out, he's a photographer and used to photograph car races and then develop and print his own photos for articles. He gave me plenty of tips on developing my FP4, and I look forward to speaking with him again when I'm next in the city. I'm sure he could teach me a hell of a lot about film. I'm hoping to develop my first roll of film during the week so I can post my film shot of Stan. Absolutely fantastic. I insert expletive here. Absolutely blanking fantastic. I love this.
1: That, uh... That guy looks old. Did you go to high school with him?
0: (laughs) (laughs) He was a couple years below me.
1: Shut up. He dated my sister. (laughs) All right. So stranger was great. What's next? Uh, What do you think about stairs? I like stairs. I mean, you've already
0: taken one, so you got to do it again. Okay.
1: I'll go take stairs again. Stairs, going up, going down, you know. How about people on stairs? Things on stairs. Uh, Makeshift stairs. Just Stairs. Yeah, you can, you, can, you can add to those things. Yeah. Ways to heaven. You know what I'm saying?
2: What?
1: <laughs> Stairs is good. I
0: like that. No, stairway. Although if you do want to see an amazing version of Stairway to heaven, go look at the, uh, the Kennedy Center honors for Led Zeppelin. Hart and
1: Nancy Wilson with Jason Bonham on drums. Amazing. Uh, yes, they did a very good job. Uh, I will put a link to that in the show notes because you're right. It is good. Uh, however, I'm also going to uh, put in Stanley Jordan's version of Stairway to Heaven, uh, which is amazing, too. Uh, way to heaven. There's got to be a video version. He's still there. Yeah, here yep, he is. I am.
0: OK, so uh, photographer, do you want me to do this while you do that?
1: Yeah, go ahead. No, I got it. I found it.
0: Oh, you did. OK. Yeah.
1: Check this out. This is good stuff. All right. Uh,
0: <sighs> you know, paste it in.
1: Uh, oh, I, I put it in the actual show notes, but I'll I'll put okay. it. in. you can watch it later.
0: Uh, so today's photographer of the week comes from who did this
1: come from? Uh, th- who did this come from? That's a good question. Daisuke Yokota. Yeah, somebody sent it in. Keep or it going. Might be Yokota.
0: Daisuke Yokota. Yep. Uh, really, really interesting work. Yeah, uh, and they
1: sent it in because uh, this guy does. He's fine with making things look. Things looking technically bad. Yeah, allowing
0: allowing the imperfections to remain.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Some of it looks like uh, if you guys have ever heard of uh, TTV, have you ever heard of that through the viewfinder? Uh, oh, it was where,
1: uh, Holger. Sent, oh, put okay, it up Holger. on the group. Okay.
0: Thanks, Holger. Hey, how's it going? By the way, at uh, at uh, I'd love to hear what's going on with you. Yeah. Uh, ahead, anyway, sir. so uh, you're seeing hair dust. Uh, lens aberrations uh, some of these looked uh, heavily solarized um, and, and and it all works it 's interesting it's it, if you saw one of these, you might not dig them, but I think as a body of work, they start to become very interesting uh, well, yeah
1: did you, and I did think, you say that 's true? yes, and I think that some of them are even more successful than others there 's one that i 'm trying to find in here that like kind of i loved if i can find it it was like these weird uh is it back in the backyard section um it's like these weird bodies that all go white you know what i'm talking about um where is it i'll find it um some color work uh indication they're very odd yeah they they, they're i mean they're definitely playing back to sort of surrealist stuff too um from back in yeah, the day. There, there's some, yeah, there's some surrealism. There, there,
0: uh, some of them appear like photograms, if you guys have ever done photograms. And if you haven't, yeah. uh, I, I, I recommend them, uh, especially if you've got kids. They're, they're fun to do with
1: kids. Yeah, you can buy the uh, pre done paper.
2: Mm-hmm,
0: so mm-hmm. you can just
1: sort of get the paper and yeah, stick, stick them,
0: out. them out in the sun and, and develop them. It's, it's kind of interesting. Oh, uh, look in, is it Fossil, Bill?
1: Yeah, that's what I'm trying to find. Uh, could be. I let think me. it's fossil. That's, okay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Where right, the, the paper is wrinkled and then photographed again.
1: Oh, no, no, no. Oh, oh, those are weird too. No, wait, I'll, I'll find it. it okay. It's, but go ahead. Anyway, really, really cool work. Something different. Definitely that, different. This guy's like seen a, a lot of a bit out there. Uh, and, and in some ways kind of using old techniques to very good use, right? He's putting it to good use. Like in, in the sense that it's old technique, but it doesn't necessarily feel like it's just old. You know, it's, it's – there's something yeah. else to it that I can't quite put my finger on. It's
0: uh, – you know, I, I hate to even admit this, but I, I, when you put this the, – the, the, the camera, uh, the T4, I, yeah. I, I, I hadn't I – I wasn't familiar with the T4 and I looked it up. And one of the things that came up was a video with Terry Richardson, a conversation with Terry Richardson. Okay. Uh, who – I'm not really a fan of his work. Um, but he 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 made an interesting observation. Uh, he would show up to professional shoots, uh, model shoots, magazine shoots, with a couple of these kind of point-and-shoot T4s. Yep. Uh, no lights, no nothing. And at first, people, he said people laughed at him, people kind of dismissed him and dismissed the work, but the more he did it and the more work he produced, the more it became almost a new aesthetic in certain areas of fashion. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, I feel like this work uh, is similar in the sense that if you saw a few of these, you might cast them off as mistakes or amateurish. But when you see the body of work, <clears throat> excuse me, when you see a larger body of work that, that feels very similar throughout it it tends to make you react differently to the work
2: yeah yeah is that fair yeah
1: i wonder if he um some of these feel like uh, they they feel very much like one-offs i wonder if he if 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 they take one picture of a certain thing and then just move on you know and you get Mm -hmm. what you get
2: Mm -hmm. because
1: it doesn't feel like there's a lot of Oh, we're gonna do that one. Oh, that one's too dark. Let's let's bracket and do one up and one down a couple stops, just so you know it doesn't feel like any of that happens. Mm-hmm. It's sort of just like oh, let's see what we get. Okay, we got that. Moving on next. Um, interesting. I it's love weird. this
0: one. Check out that one.
1: Uh yeah, and I sent a link to one that I liked. There.
0: Oh yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, this is great stuff. So spend some time exploring a little bit of this. Um, yeah, his site,
1: and there's a I got an interview here uh with him, uh, and then another thing from uh CPH magazine, uh where it's an article about him with some great stuff. Nice. It's just very odd. So thank you very much for sending that one in, Hogard. That's uh it's just odd. Anyway, good stuff. Uh you got anything else?
0: Uh no. Hey, I just got an email. Okay. From uh, my friend at the National you Gallery.
1: You don't have any friends. What are you talking about? Uh, <laughs> what, what this? Would they this say? person
0: I bought coffee for one time at the National Gallery. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, new uh, show. Uh, check that out The Serial Impulse at Gemini.
2: Yeah,
1: I'm reading
0: it's weird okay anyway so this is there right now I'm gonna go see this she just sent this to me like two minutes ago and it looks really cool anyway um what else what else you got anything Uh, uh, podcast at ontakingpictures.com uh Tom in Michigan called us twice this week so thank you
1: Tom Keep him. Nothing else to do, apparently. I thought he yeah. works that Tom in Michigan. Apparently, not during the day. Yeah. Um and, he's, a, he's uh, a night owl, that Tom. 347 687 If you want to be like Tom in Michigan, uh, we love getting these uh other people call in too, but we just like we just like talking to Tom. Yep. Uh so call in and, and leave us a voicemail. And we are on Instagram and Twitter at Bill Wadman at Jeffrey Sadoris, E R Y S A D D O R I S. Anything else? Um, that was an oh. action packed show. What do you got? Uh, I asked on the group and if you guys wouldn't mind,
0: find, find the post on, uh, on the group, uh, I, or you can email me or both of us. Uh, what are your three favorite assignments that we've done so far? We've done a lot. And I, yeah. I, I just kind of want to get a sense of, I think stranger of, uh, might
1: win some awards. I, think, right I think
0: stranger, uh, definitely might win something. Uh, but let us know what your three favorite assignments not your three favorite photographs that you've done but but the three assignments that have maybe challenged you the most or that you've learned the most yeah 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 Uh, send those podcasted on taking pictures or uh, uh, you can message me on on Twitter if you want I think it's good yeah you good?
1: yeah we'll see you next week
0: All right. thanks for listening everyone we'll see you next week
2: going on and on the way we are for so This way Say what you want to say